sort of, sort of a question that I, that I struggle with, that I've struggled with for, for a long time. And it's probably a struggle that, that you have as well, where you just sort of, you began to look inwardly and you began to wonder, is, is what I'm doing, does it really matter? And I, and I began to apply that also to the church and, and to, to us as Christians. Are we really making a difference? Are we, you know, it's, can you tell that we've been here because, because we are here? You know, because in the community, is a community affected because of the life work of, of Christians and more specifically, a village church? And I think there's a couple of different ways that you can approach what is the, the work of the church or what is the purpose of the church and as Christians in, a, in our world today and more specifically in, in, in Northeast Columbia today. And I think you can take the approach that, that our job as a church is to be a fort. You know, that's just sort of where we, we build up a wall and we hide from the world and we just try to take care of each other. And, uh, and, and then that way we're going to be safe from all just the messy stuff that's going on in our world right now. And I'm going to be honest with you, that is very attractive to me. Um, I like the idea of not engaging the outside world. You know, I like the idea of just like, just like going home, lock the doors, and sit down, and it's just uh, you and your family, and that's it. Don't let anybody else in. And so that's one approach that you can have with how we are to approach the world as Christians. I think mean, there's another approach. And that is that we can be a group of Christians or we can be a church that we're just simply going to cater to the world. You know, whatever it is that the world says, we're not going to disagree. Hey, everybody's got opinions. That's okay. Just come on in and we're just all going to be happy. doesn't matter what you believe. And, and that, to be honest with you, that can be an attractive viewpoint of what Christians and the church is supposed to do. Because that way you don't have any confrontation. You know, whenever you do that, you're just sort of accepting of everything doesn't really matter. And I mean, who in the world in their right mind you know, likes conflict? And so that seems like a, maybe a, a good option. But there's a problem with both of those options. And that is one, uh, one of those options doesn't have any real influence. And then the other one, and actually both of them, they don't have any power whatsoever. And so that, that is the question, well then, then what are we supposed to do? You know, how, how are we as Village Church supposed to operate? And this really began last year with our, with our staff. We got together and we began to talk and began to say, well, what is it that, that Village Church specifically that we can do that is going to really make a difference, that's really going to impact culture, that's going to do so in a way that is biblical? And what we came up with is what is known now as we call it C4. The way that we're going to engage in this church, how our church is going to engage our community is with four C's, which is why we call it C4. Uh, we're going to do so with, uh, in our community ministry. We're going to be involved in the community. We're going to do so in our campus ministries, in our care ministries, and then also in our civic responsibilities. And so we've determined that God is calling Village Church. We're not just here to be a club and just be here to gather together and enjoy each other. And those are good things, but we are here for a purpose. And we believe God has called his people, believers, to engage the culture in which we live. And the way that we're going to do that is through those four different areas. And so that's what we're going to be talking about when we come together on Sundays for the next month. But we're just going to kind of kick off today by basically just talking about what, what C4 is going to be all about. And today in our passage of Scripture, we're going to see Jesus sharing with his, with his disciples 
some basic principles to keep in mind as they engage as they engage the world, as they engage the culture in which we live. And, and you know, again, every once in a while I, I, I look at our church and I ask the question, do we matter? Does our, you know, does our church matter? Are we making a difference? And here, here's the conclusion I come away with. We do. Now, wouldn't it be awful if I said we don't? You know, y'all just go ahead and leave. We don't make a difference. Y'all, I don't believe that. I, we make a difference. But if we're going to continue to do so, and we're going to continue to really engage the world in which we live and in our community, then there's some principles that Jesus has to teach us that we need to adhere to. And so let's just look, and we're going to look here in a second in John 15, verses 5 through 8. And, and the background of this is Jesus was just simply sharing with his disciples how to engage, engage the world around them. And he used the illustration of a vineyard. So if you're going to engage culture, you do so like in the same way that you look at a vineyard or take care of a vineyard. Now, now for us, that, you know, that's, that maybe not make as much sense to us today because you know, vineyards and, you know, are not real. You know, it's not like it's a big part of our economy here in South Carolina. Uh, but in Israel, it is. It is a major part of life. It was a major part of their economy. And so Jesus used the vineyard to share with us some principles to follow to be able to successfully engage culture to make a difference. And, and they still apply to us today. So, so what are some of, the, some of the principles for us as Village Church to apply to our lives, to our church, to engage culture so that we are truly making a difference where we live? Well, here's the very first principle. It's the principle of relationship. And you can see this in verse 5. So it's Jesus speaking to his disciples, and here's what Jesus says. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. Now the part I'm focusing on is the very first part where Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Now here's what I gathered from that little statement right there. It is a principle of relationship. The relationship between a vine and the branches. Now I know y'all know, just like I do, that is a critical relationship. If a branch is not attached to the vine, let me tell you something, it's missing out. And specifically, it's missing out on life. You know, it is the vine that provides nutrients to the branches. It is the vine that provides stability to the branches. It is the vine that provides life. And so that's what Jesus is saying. He said, if you want to have life, and he's speaking to the church. If you want to have life, he said, you better make sure that you're attached to me. In John 8, 12, it says, Then Jesus spoke to them, to them again, I am the light of the world. It says, Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. The, the most primary relationship that any of us can have is with Jesus. Because a relationship with Jesus brings life. That's why Jesus said in verse number one, I am the true vine. That word, uh, that word true, it means original. The original. So in other words, if you're going to have life, if you're going to have fulfillment, meaning, and purpose, and you're going to be productive, then you have to be attached to the true vine. Jesus says, I'm the only one that gives life. 
I'm it. Now that means that if he says, I am the true vine, if I am the original, that means there's a lot of copies out there that sort of purport themselves to bring us life. You know, there's a lot of things in our world today that say that they will bring us fulfillment. And you, you can think of all the stuff. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that says, hey, if you do this or you have this, then you're going to really have meaning and you're going to have joy. If you have money, if you have material things, if you have certain relationships with people, then it's going to bring fulfillment and life to you. Let me tell you something. Those things aren't, that doesn't mean they're all bad. They will not give you life. They will not give you fulfillment. Only Jesus does that. That's why Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. The primary relationship for us to be successful in anything in life is to be attached to the life-giving source of Jesus. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus says, you seek me above all things. Okay, so now in saying that, in light of all this... Are you attached to the vine? You know, in, in light of all this, are, are you leading or have you submitted yourself to the leadership of Jesus where you truly follow him? I mean, are you a follower of Christ? They might say, well, why do I need to follow him? Why can't I just follow myself? Well, you can. You know, Jesus doesn't force us to do things. He gives us a choice, and he tells us, you can travel down one of two roads in life. He said, you can take the broad road or you can take the narrow road. Now, if you choose the broad road, that, now that a lot of people are going to be on it with you, and that's living for self, doing whatever it is that you want to do, and you can find freedom in that, but ultimately it leads to death. That's what the Bible says in Matthew 7. Or you can take the narrow road. Now, the narrow road, it's a little more confining. You know, it's, a, it's your, your fo you're not following yourself, you're following somebody else. But Jesus said this is a road that leads to life. Now, now, something to consider when you make the choice as to which road you're going to travel on is think about this, or understand this. God has a little bit more vision than you and I do. A little bit more insight. He's been around a little bit longer. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So the question for you and me is this. Am I going to follow, am I going to follow the ways of the one who's able to see way down the road, or am I going to follow after myself who's, who is barely able to see what's right in front of me? Now let me try to give you an example. Um, I, I have, like um, I probably everybody in here today, I have a smartphone. You know, the iPhone's what we have. And, uh, but my fav probably one of my favorite apps on my phone is the Waze app. Any of y'all have the Waze app? Okay, it's, just, it's, the, it's a map. It's basically it's a map app. Now, I, li I like it a lot because I just, you know, I type in where I want to go, and then I just set it up in my car, and it, it, tell it, it just automatically gives me the directions where I'm supposed to go. You know, tell the shortest route, everything. And Emily and I were watching a, a, sh a show the other day, and the guy actually, he pulls out, y'all remember, he pulled out the hard copy map and lays it on his steering wheel, and he's driving. Y'all remember those days? Okay, y'all, it's so much better now. You just pull out your phone, you set it up, and you have that sweet little lady who talks to you. You need to turn in 300 feet. So it's just a great thing. Now, there's some cool features on that. As you're driving along, uh, one of the things that you can discover is if, if there's a lot of traffic, it'll let you know that there's an accident ahead. It even lets you know if there's potholes in the road. Now, how neat is that? Uh, now, for, you know, for some people, like, uh, 
you know, like Matthew, they also use it because it tells you where the police are. I don't recommend that. But that's, that's one of the neat things. So I, I like that app because it just sort of lays out where I need to go. And I don't have to, I don't have to worry about what, what the future holds. It's already been laid out for me. That's, that's what Jesus is saying here. So you, you don't need to worry about what the future holds when you follow me because I've already got it all mapped out. And so, so here's, here's the deal. As, as a church, if we are going to engage culture, we, we, it begins with the principle of relationship. We have, to be, we have to be plugged in to Jesus to follow him. That, that's why we are told in Jeremiah 33.3, Call to me, that's what God said, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. He's our, God already knows the future. Village Church, God already knows our future. He knows what's ahead of us. He knows about all these neighborhoods coming in around us. Now, he's, here's the question. Are we going to shine the light of Jesus for those people who are coming our way? If we are, then we must be engaged with Jesus. It's the principle of relationship. But another principle to follow to engage culture is this. And I, I, I like this one on a practical matter. It is the principle of production. The principle of production. Now, look with me again in verse 5. And Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And he says, the one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. And if anyone does not remain in me, he's thrown aside like a branch and he withers. And they gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Now, again, if, if we are really going to make impact, if, if our church, if we're going to matter that we're here then what matters most of all is that we are attached to Jesus and following his words and his teachings above everything else. That's what matters most of all. Now you might say this, well, how can I know for certain that I'm under his leadership? How, How can we know that as a church... that we are that we are connected to Jesus? Now here's the thing I like. It's actually pretty simple. Because of what we produce. The only thing you have to do is you have to look just, what, what do we produce? And that, that tells you a whole lot about who you're attached to. And I've used this a million times before. How do you know an apple tree is an apple tree? What's one of the first signs? Apples. Now, first service, some guys are, well, there's a certain kind of bark. Uh, we're not, I'm, I'm much more simple than that. It's, it's real easy. The way that you know is because of what it produces. Do you know Jesus said the same thing? Jesus said, Jesus said in Matthew 7, 20, you shall know them by their fruits. You want to know who you are? Look, in, and y'all, you have to be very introspective here. Look into your life and see what it is that you are producing in your life. Maybe I say, well, what kind of fruit does a Christian produce? Here's a neat thing the Bible tells us. A couple of different examples. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Are you producing those things in your life? Now, the neat thing, you might say, man, I'm, I'm kind of lacking in some of those. Now, here's the neat thing about fruit. It takes a while to grow. Okay, so don't, don't beat yourself up. But those are some things that should be coming out of your life. You know what else is produced in your life? Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Real simple stuff. I, who do I belong to? What am I producing in my life? Are you being obedient to Jesus? Do you follow the commands that he gives to us in the scripture? Jesus said when he ascended into heaven, Jesus told us what we're supposed to be doing. 
Matthew 28, Jesus said, you know, what, you know what your purpose is as a church, as Christians? He said, you make disciples. And so that's where we have to ask the question, are, are we doing those things? Are we producing a spirit of love in our personal lives in the church? Are we obedient to the commands that Jesus gives us in Scripture? Are we making disciples? And I can, I can look in the 15-year history of this church, you know, I can tell you, we're making disciples. I've seen, I've seen hundreds and hundreds of people become followers of Jesus. I, I look at our, our student ministry, and then I look at our student ministry, and I see how our leaders, how our youth pastors, they are teaching our children, our children's minister, they're teaching our children about the things of God. I see many of you, you are, you are going out and you are serving in the name of Christ. You take your vacation time, and you go down to Haiti, and, and you, you are building places for young people to be able to live and help them learn how to take care of themselves in a country that has 80% unemployment for over 40 years. Now, I, I look in our V group ministry, and I've seen marriages that have been busted and broken, and I've seen healing come into the lives of people. God has given us a, a great influence in Blythewood. But even though we have all these things happening, guys, I, I believe this. I believe God wants us to continue to produce more fruit like that. So how are we going to do it? Well, we're going to do it in our community, in our campuses, in our care ministries, our civic responsibilities. Now you might say, well, that sounds good, but I don't know if I can do that. You know, I kind of feel like I'm that person in verse number six. I feel like that I'm a branch that's been thrown aside and I am withering. And so somebody else is going to have to do it. Now, let me tell you something. One thing that's neat in horticulture is there's this process known as grafting. Do you know you can take a branch and you can graft it into a vine? Whenever you graft it into that vine, then that vine is able to give life to that branch. It's able to nourish and produce the fruit of the vine. God, God can do that with you. Now, if you're not attached to him, that's why Jesus said in verse 5, apart from me, you can do nothing. So how do we get grafted in? Well, we call out to Jesus to be the leader of our lives. We, we surrender ourselves to him, and then what happens with that? Then you begin to produce the fruit of Jesus in your life. That is our calling as a church, to be like Jesus. So how, how, do we, how, do we, you know, how can we be productive? You know, what's, our, what's our calling as a church? What, are we, what is Village Church supposed to do? Well, so some principles for us to follow. The principle of relationship. We need to make sure we are following Jesus first and foremost. If we are following Jesus, the second principle is there is a principle of production. You know, if we follow Jesus, we will naturally begin to produce the fruit of Jesus. But here's the thing that I like, another one of these uh, principles that I like that's just very practical, and it's this. The final principle for us to engage culture is going to be the principle of purpose. We, we have to know what our purpose is as a church. Verses 7 and 8, the last two verses. Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Jesus gives us our purpose right here. Let's know what our purpose is. Now, I like knowing that I have purpose. It's never any fun whenever you are doing something and you don't know what your purpose is. Um, there's nothing, you know, whenever I get in a car and, and I'm driving, I, I, I get in a car to go somewhere. I don't ever get in a car and just start driving around going, what is my purpose? You know, what am I doing in here? 
you know, I don't, I don't really enjoy riding around. I mean, I, I use a car to go places, to get somewhere. Now, if I just get in the car and I don't know what I'm doing or where I'm going, and I've seen a lot of people that do that, and they should never drive. But whenever they're, they're driving around, what happens? They're meandering. They just meander around, and it drives you absolutely crazy. And if I'm one of those people that's meandering, it's driving me crazy. I want to know what it is that I'm doing. Now, now here's the... Here's the purpose of this, I, I, and I really think this. I think that this is what's happened to a lot of us as Christians, as churches, as denominations, is we have forgotten our purpose. And we're, we're just sort of meandering around, and we're, trying to, we're just making stuff up as we go so that we can act like we have a purpose. Now, I don't know what I'm doing. I just come to, you know, I just, I, I gather together with other, you know, other people who are, who are Christians, but we really don't, we don't really have a purpose. We just sort of come together, so we just start making stuff up. Well, we're going to do this. We're going to do the. You know, we're going to we're going to do a bake sale, or we're going to be nice to people, um, or you know, whatever. It might, I'm not saying those things are. I'm not saying being nice to people is bad. But let me tell you something. That is not the purpose of the church. Those are good things. Being nice to people, cooking for people, all that stuff. That those are those are fine, those are those can be nice things. But that is not the church's purpose. You know, what the church's purpose is. It's Jesus. It's to follow Him. To live according to His Word. You know, what, you know what our purpose is? It is to make disciples. That is the purpose of the church. It is to point people to Jesus. Now, if we point people to Jesus, you're going to start seeing social justice. You, you point people to Jesus, you're going to see kindness. But, y'all, we can't skip the Jesus part and try to do all the other stuff. It, Jesus is first and foremost. That's where it all begins. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Our purpose is to be a light that will shine Jesus to the people in our community. If we shine Jesus, it, it brings change. Jesus is powerful. We, we don't lift our name up, we lift up the name of Jesus. That's why we're going through this thing called C4, for us to find where we can serve to promote Jesus, where we are gifted so that we can promote Jesus. So here, here's the deal. If we don't define as a church what our purpose is, then we're going to have a hard time achieving anything because we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I, I don't know if this really fits in here. I just I read the story and I thought it was I thought it was funny. Uh, Y'all might be familiar with you know, Joan Rivers. Uh, she was the, the she's the comedian. She's sort of a caustic comedian. She used to be on Johnny Carson a lot. Um, she was on. She used to make fun of people. I forgot what it's um the red carpet thing. She'd make fun of what people would wear. So anyway, she's a lady and she would just very be very open. She said, "I'm obviously addicted to plastic surgery." I didn't even know she'd had it. I'm kidding. No, she, and so she said she was addicted to plastic surgery. And one thing that she, she said, they used to have Botox parties. And uh, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Botox. Mark, I know that you are. But uh, I know that uh, I, 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 Botox, it's, it's like a poison you inject in your face. And it, it like, I guess it, you can't, I, it's, it's like paralyzes your face is basically what it comes down to. So you don't have wrinkles anymore. She said we had a Botox party. And it was a birthday party. And so, so we all had Botox done, and she said it was so bad that whenever they brought the, the cake out, she said none of us could blow out the candles because we couldn't pucker our lips anymore. <laughs> all right, so this is how I'm trying to fit this in here. All right, yeah, it, it, is so, it is very possible for us to get so caught up in the latest fads 
even as a church and even as Christians, so puffed up with the, with the Botox, the poison of this world, that guys, when it comes down to it, that as churches, we can't even blow out the candle anymore. We don't even know what our purpose is. And here, here's the deal, Village Church. We have, we, have, we have the most amazing message in the world. Jesus. Now, you just think about it for a second. What do we really believe about this guy? He is the Son of God who entered into a broken world on purpose. Philippians 2, he gave up his position in heaven to come here amongst us so that he could bring us freedom from sin and pay the price for our brokenness so that we could be healed. And then three days later, he just went ahead and topped it off by getting up from the grave and conquering death, the thing we fear the most, so that we might have life forever. That is what Jesus did. It is the greatest message, and that is not a message for us to keep just to ourselves and to hide from the rest of the world. We live in a broken world, a broken community, and there are people who are desperate to know they can be forgiven, who are desperate to know that there is a God who loves them and has never given up on them, just like he never gave up on you. And so what are we here for to share that message? How are we going to share that message? With our four C's. Now, for the next month, we're going to cover each one of those C's. And our hope is that at the end, that you're going to choose an area of ministry where you're going to plug in to fulfill the purpose of the church, which is to make Jesus known so that we can make disciples. Now, if, if we're going to do that, there's some principles we have to adhere to. The principle of relationship. We have to, we have to follow Jesus. Y'all, we're, we're, that's not going to matter. The principle of production. When we follow Jesus, we will produce. And then the principle of purpose. We have a mission. We are not called here to be spectators. We are called here in order to serve. And I really believe this. If we do this, if we are biblical, we will make a greater, we will have a greater impact than we could have ever dreamed. Not because of who we are, but because we are shining Jesus above all other things. So in the next four weeks, we're going to have the opportunity to make a decision. Are we going to engage? And then we have a place, we have places for you to engage. Four different headings, four different areas where you can plug in. And our desire is that we will be a church, not of talk, but a church of action. Because we want to see disciples.